0: Uh, we've been studying, for those that maybe haven't tuned in for, for all these, we're, we're in the book of Thess- First Thessalonians, and, of course, Paul wrote the letter. We're in chapter 3, if you happen to have your Bible. And what I'd like to do is just read the account and then talk about it a little bit. So if, if you can either read with me or listen, uh, I'm in First Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul says, so we... When we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them, In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ, or our Lord Jesus, clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So I just want to kind of hit a couple of high points and then I want to talk about some of the things that had been going on prior to this. Um, Chapter three basically is sort of a continuation of some of the things that he brought up in chapter two last week. And overall, it seems like he's trying to, um, sort of reassure the church of his concern for them, and um, also to encourage them. They're going through a persecution, and we're going to talk more about that. Um, You know, some people had thought, well, you know, they they may have thought that Paul had sort of abandoned them a little bit, because uh, we know from Acts 17 that he was with them, at least. Hey, Phil, we know that he was with them uh, at least three weeks and that there was persecution going on during that time. Um, but, you know, Paul had not been able to return to them. And I and think he, he was sort of having to justify that, Hey, I haven't forgotten about you guys. I, I, I deeply care about you. Um, and so this chapter is almost like a sort of like a, An argument, or, or like you would argue a case, or, or sort of proving to them how much he cares about them and uh, what he has in mind for them. Um, You know, in chapter two, as Dan taught last week, we saw that he had given them the gospel in the face of opposition, and how that he was like a nursing mother or like a father. And how that he made every effort to, to, to go back and see him again, but that Satan had kept that from happening. And that's interesting to think about, too, how that Satan can uh, wreck the things that we're trying to do. And he does it every day. He wrecks uh, our individual efforts at, at trying to remain holy many times. But thankfully, we, we can put on the Lord's righteousness. and. Um, And ask for forgiveness when we when we when we fail. So, just a couple points um, that I want to hit on, and then we'll dig down into the verses. Um, One, he sent Timothy to them at a at a great personal inconvenience. Um, You know, think about these guys were on an important missionary journey, and Timothy is literally his right hand guy. I mean, he's with um you know he he calls him his son but he also um thinks enough of them that he's going to send really pr- probably one of the most dear people that he could send them and one of the most qualified to the church to supply what they need even though he really needed his help um second uh he he talks about he's greatly comforted by the report that Timothy had brought back. And because it was good news about the fact that they had remained uh, faithful. And um, he even says, you know, how his his very life was affected by the report of their faithfulness. And uh, we'll see that in, um, bear with me, I'm I'm jumping off script a little bit. In verse eight, he says, For now we really live. And then another thing he says is he tells him how much he wants to see him. And he says that that's something he's been in constant prayer. And we don't mean 24 hours a day, but they're always on his mind. And, you know, I was just thinking about, um, you know, we were talking about praying for our kids and we can. You know, those of us who have family that we love and care about, um, we understand how that is, you know, uh, we're set, we're separated from, from our son, but you know, I'm, I'm praying for him every day and multiple times. And, and I've been praying for, uh, some of the people that we talked about tonight. I've been praying for Phil on a daily basis and, um, it makes a difference you know, or Paul wouldn't do it and Paul wouldn't recommend it. We wouldn't have this seeing how if it's important enough for the apostle Paul to remember others in our prayers, it's an important part of our ministry. You know, sometimes, you know, we underestimate the power of prayer, but that is the power that raised the Lord from the, from the grave and Um, That is the only power we have uh, that's given through him, and we need to be sure we're taking full advantage of that. Um, And he closes the chapter with really a a fervent prayer that this church could grow more and more in love and that they would be found blameless uh, when, when the Lord returns. And that's been a big theme of Thessalonians is the return of Christ. And as we think about, you know, how can we remain encouraged in the pres- persecution that or the trials or whatever you're facing, um, that's got to be at the top of our list too, and just remembering that, you know what, whatever's happening, um, I'm not trying to minimize it, but in the in the scope of eternity, the Lord is. Uh, prepared something much better for us. So I want to talk briefly about maybe part of why Paul was writing this letter to the church. Um, You know, you wonder if there were people there within the church that were sort of stirring up the people against Paul. We know that he had enemies in the different towns that he was in, and there was a guy by the name of Oliver Perry, who was an American Navy hero. And he wrote in 1813, he wrote, dear general, we've met the enemy and they are ours. And I don't know if you ever remember a little cartoon called Pogo, but he sort of parried, parried. I I can't say what I'm trying to say. You know what a parody is? Well, he, his cartoon says we have met the enemy and he is us and what he was talking about, it was on earth day. And he was just talking about, you know, here we are setting aside a day for conservation and taking better care of the earth, but the people destroying it are us. And sometimes that's what happens in, in, in the church is sometimes we face Um, things outside the church, but sometimes they even come within the church. And, of course, those are the things that that hurt us the most. And uh, we know that Paul faced persecution from people who claimed to to love God, and he was one of those people himself. If you remember, uh, he was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians when Jesus met him and turned his life around. But we see that Paul faced this kind of persecution as well. And all you have to do is look at the book of Acts. And I just want to hit on a couple points quickly. In Acts chapter 14, Paul was with Barnabas, or, or they were together. They were in Lystra. And it says some Jews from Antioch in Iconium in verse 19 came and stirred up the crowd. So these guys had come from out of town. They're stirring up the crowd. And they stoned Paul and they left him for dead. And it's interesting to see if you read the account, you see that he gets back up and he walks back into the town. And then he goes on to Derby, where he preaches. And in verse 21 says he preached the gospel in that town, talking about Derby, if I pronounced it right, and won a large number of disciples. Then he returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And he says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That's important because it's, that's what Paul's life is about, is dealing with hardship. And, you know, there's a passage of scripture that deals with all the things he had, the, you know, the, being shipwrecked, being beat beaten with rods you know how he's um and we see in chapter 16 as we're making progress that he goes to philippi and he's with silas then and they beat him with rods that's when they throw him into jail that's when the lord opens the jail up The, the jailer's getting ready to kill himself paul says don't do it we're all here and the philippian jailer and and his family um Are saved. And and then in chapter 17, which is really what brings us, it's important because it tells us about what the church was like in the early days. And he goes um, to Thessalonica and it says there was a Jewish synagogue. I'm in verse one. And he says that was his custom. He was in the synagogue on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. Verse 4 says, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Verse 5, very next verse, but other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. And it goes on to say that they dragged Jason and some other believers. They, they think that maybe Paul might've been staying with them, uh, with him. Uh, they didn't find Paul. Uh, they, they made Jason and the others post bond in verse nine of, of Acts 17. And then uh, verse 10, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. So then... Um, Paul goes to Berea, and the reason this is important is it says, but when the Jews in Thessalonica heard that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowd, stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Uh, Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. Some scholars, the reason I think that's important, it tells you a little bit about the church. It tells you that Paul still had enemies in Thessalonica were willing to even go to the next town, stir up a mob against him. That's, that's the kind of opposition he was facing. It wasn't just somebody that didn't speak to him that day or, or something like that for God's birthday. Um, and it's also interesting, one of the commentators points out that uh, in verse 15 of Acts 17, he had given instructions, so Paul's by himself in Athens, he'd given instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him. Some people think that, that uh, Timothy may have gone to Athens and then gone to uh, Thessalonica to check on these people, because if we read Acts 18, we see that they didn't rejoin Paul until he was in Corinth. The reason I'm bringing that up is the, some of the scholars have said it's an interesting thing to think about because there's like a gap there. It doesn't explain how that changed in the book of Acts, but that the book of Thessalonians could in fact explain why Timothy meets up with Paul in uh, Corinth later on. I just thought it's kind of interesting, and and the, the point being that um, you know one book may tell us a little bit about what's going on in another book, and it just it, it it helps support the idea of the truth of the Gospels and of the of the New Testament. So that's why I thought it was interesting. So here we are then, um, Paul is, is out of sight and, you know, we know that at least in some of the other churches, um, you know, there was, there was people that were jealous of Paul or people that were preaching other things besides what Paul had taught. And, and, um, you know, Paul is trying to set the record straight about why he hasn't been back, how he feels about him. He talks about sending Timothy, and he calls him a brother. You know, that, again, he's not just sending somebody to go down there and and write a report. He's sending them somebody really important that can help in the development of them as disciples. Um, He's a minister of God, and I like what one of the commentators said that, Says one of the kindest things we can do is send somebody a faithful minister of God. And if you think about it, that's what missions is, you know. And Romans 10 says, um, How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? So we're about that uh, trying to meet other people's needs and bring along other churches, uh, even in foreign countries through helping support Bible colleges like uh, Mid-Atlantic where Phil went. Uh, you know, Phil goes on to uh, to start a campus ministry, which is Campus Christian Fellowship, who some of our kids have, Sandy's been a part of that. Um, you see what I mean? I mean, it's like the, you know, the, the butterfly effect, you know, one small thing that we do can, have eternal effects and and can, can make a difference he calls timothy a fellow laborer and um you know he's not just a member he's a worker and you know he's not just somebody that you know when he was six years old got baptized and and never never did anything he's he is working hard for the kingdom he's establishing churches, he's helping select leaders, he's helping give them advice to encourage them and keep them strong. And and he says he's sending him to strengthen you and encourage you. And it's like the idea of building up a foundation of of a building. You know, it's got to be built on things that are solid. And that's why he is so important that that Paul's willing to inconvenience himself in the important work that he's doing by ministering to this church that they had helped uh, begin. And it's kind of interesting, you know, it reminds me of the idea of when, when you see somebody maybe in a movie when they're uh, going into a foreign country and they ask them, you know, state your purpose. Sometimes a hotel will say, you know, is this business or pleasure? Paul is laying out his purpose in this letter that it's to strengthen that church by, by sending, uh, not just sending Timothy, and it wasn't one and done. He wants to send them a letter and tell them how much it meant to him that they're still firm in the faith. And it reminded me of, um, you know, uh, I, I started working with the kids years ago because I was, wanted to help Jean when she was teaching some of the little kids. And, and you still see some of those kids today. And one of the things that, you know, I, I know many of you feel the same way is you want them to be continuing in the faith, in their maturity in Christ. And it is encouraging when you talk to somebody who, who you've known a long time and they're still firm in the faith, and not just young people, but, um, you know, it's encouraging to have Bruce, Bruce uh, who helped start this church still teaching in the church and still faithful in ministry. Even though, you know, many people, um, when they get to a certain age, feel like, you know, I'm done. I'll let somebody else do it. You know, he's still an encouragement to me and I know he is to you so just the idea too that paul is reminding the church that um persecution and trials are things that are a part of the christian life and you know john has been sharing with us in uh from james too how that um when you face trials of many kinds you because you know well it says consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete. You know, 1 Peter chapter 4, the other apostle is, is um, not the only other apostle, but he is an apostle. And he's saying, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's, that's come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you and and he says you know you're participating in the sufferings of Christ and then second timothy paul this is toward the end of paul's life and most people thought that he wrote that from not the house jail but maybe from more like a dungeon situation and he's paul's a little depressed really about his his situation and but he's reminding Timothy. I think some of the same things that Timothy probably would have reminded uh, the the Thessalonians. He says in chapter three one, tells them about some of the things that are going to be going on at the end of times, is uh, that we're a part of and that they were a part of. End of times meaning the idea of of after Christ has returned and and. He says people are going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud. Um, He says, um, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. And he goes on and says in verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And then in verse 14, he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it. It's the same theme he's given to the Thessalonians. Remember how it was when he's saying, When I was with you, remember how we lived." remember what I'm still doing. Um, remember, um, and, and that's, you know, of course the famous verse, it talks about how the scripture is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ. I'm getting close to, uh, I'm going to make sure we wind up, uh, on time. I may have to cut a few things, but, um, you know, in, in uh, verse 5 of First Thessalonians, getting back to our text, Paul uh, sent Timothy also, not just to encourage them, because, but because he was worried about them. And he says, you know, uh, I was afraid that in some way the tempter... Sorry, I set a little alarm to make sure I don't run too long might have tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. And of course, he's talking about Satan. And uh, there again, that goes along with the idea of Ephesians 6 in that um, some of the things that are going on, not all the bad things, um, some of the things result from our own sin or errors, but uh, some of the things, you know, the devil is trying to wreck their relationship Um, possibly by not allowing Paul to go back there, and we can't get discouraged when we run into obstacles. Um, You know, Paul reminds the Ephesians and us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities of the dark world, and sometimes, you know, it could be even, even again, even people, um, that, that Satan, um, works through, you know, we know also though, that, um, that God is faithful and that he can even work through trouble. We know that from the book of Romans, Romans eight twenty eight, that in all things, um, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So um, remember what an encouragement we can be to each other, not only within the church, but within the kingdom. Uh, Sometimes we do that through giving. You know, our missionaries receive reminders that, hey, we love them. Sometimes it's through, uh, you know, things that we can do for each other certainly through praying for one another, um, meeting needs, and and we understand how Paul could have been encouraged. I was thinking about, so I work with missions, and I get to see a lot of the missions reports, you know, saying, hey, you know, for instance, you know, I'll talk about Scarlet Hope because we, you guys are familiar with him, but, you know, they're not able to go into the clubs and uh, do the feeding program, but they're providing groceries for them. You know, so we're having to adapt, but it's great to see that ministry has not ended just because our circumstances have changed, and that's still the case with the church here in Burlington. Um, thing I'm going to end with is Paul closes really with a beautiful prayer for this church, and that's what I would like to close our lesson with uh not only for for you individually but for the church at burlington he says now may our god and father himself and our lord jesus christ clear the way for us to come to you of course he wants to go back and see him in verse 12 this is the part may the lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy the Father when the Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So I had a couple more things I was going to say, but I think that's the right place to end. Um, that's a beautiful love letter to this church that uh, Paul loves you know, if you look at the first chapter of First Thessalonians, he talks about what a beautiful church they were, how that they were known all over the region for their faith in the middle of persecution. And certainly, none of us want to um, wish for persecution, but this letter reminds us that even when we're going through things, whether uh, they're trials or whether persecutions for being a witness for the Lord that, uh, as Paul says, the Lord will rescue us, whether it's in this life or, or in the next life. We don't have to doubt whether the Lord's going to keep a promise. He always keeps a promise.